You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Oh, Jesus. They're doing another one. Anyway, folks, uh, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly. Your hub for Habs content. Joined here once again for the final Wednesday in a while, or Thursday, we're recording this a little late. Um, with Corey, how are you, buddy? You know, uh, I'm hurt, but, um, I'm not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Granted, this is, um, a day later, you know, we didn't drop an episode today. We're actually recording, uh, it's 1040 central right now. So, uh, I've had some time to think, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give us a little bit of time to think before we just come out with a, just a straight reaction. Let's give a. We didn't need so much raw, you know, the, everyone felt the same. I wanted a bit of uh, thought into it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we could have gone on and screamed and yelled, maybe cried a little bit <laughs> and it would have been a, the same reaction everyone else, you know, had, but a day later, you would have just been reliving it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to say, I, Probably should have put more thought into it, but I've been avoiding thinking about this all day. I thought about it a lot um, last night when we lost, and today has just been kind of a silent mourning period, I guess. Um, you know, like like you said, I'm I'm proud of where we got to. I'm proud of this run. It's been phenomenal. It's done wonders for the city of Montreal after what's been a, a tough year for everyone, but especially that city got hit pretty hard. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we were so close, three wins away from the Stanley Cup, and that would have been absolutely beautiful. Yeah, um, 
but you know, it's just like last year in the bubble, we were just uh, excited to see them move on, you know, uh, didn't expect much squeaked in once again. And uh, this time just proved that, you know, like uh, this is a remarkable team. And um, I'm trying to think who said it, but um, damn, who said it? Maybe it was, maybe it was Carrie Price um, that this bit of disappointment is actually going to fuel the, you know, the next season, just kind of how like the bubble did for uh, the season that just closed you know, um, you get so close to that, that it'll give you that extra drive next year. And, you know, just like Gallagher said, every, every member of that team laid it out, laid everything on the ice, you know, um, a shutout, but a one, nothing shutout, a very close game. Um, couple of missed calls, which we'll, we'll get into, but, uh, they played their heart out, you know, there wasn't really any, any lacks in, in that final game, but, um, yeah, just proud. Just uh, they went further than we expected. And truthfully, um, this fan base needed hope and this team gave it back to us. So even if it's just for this next year that we're we're treating this team and we're, we're looking past negatives because we know what they're capable of. Um, that's a big deal, you know, and I'm happy that they were they gave that to us because this is a team that this is a fan base and a team that's been struggling to to have the people behind their back again, you know, as a, as a whole, you know, not just a couple of guys. Yeah, I agree with that outlook, but I also kind of have a different way. Like I see where you're coming from, but I think my thought process is a little different. Um, Perfect. (laughs) I'm not, everyone's like, you can take the, um, sorry, the uh, look of, oh, well, you know, we, this was great. We're building for the future. We're going to use this and it's going to fuel us next year. But I don't want to move on to next year yet because I've got to say in 19 years of living, this is my favorite Habs team of all time. The highs, the lows. There were many lows, <laughs> but the highs were the pinnacle. They We all, well, near the pinnacle. We were so close and... I don't know if I've connected with a group of Habs players the way I have with this team. I, every player from the depth guys to the stars, to the youth, the veterans, our backup goalie. I haven't connected to a backup goalie the way I did with Jake Allen this season. We're going to lose people in the off season. And I couldn't help, but notice after we lost and now I didn't get to watch a lot of the, um, post game or even immediately after because I was at work unfortunately but one guy stuck out to me and the look on Philip Deneau's face it looked like a guy who was scared he just played his last game in a Montreal Canadiens uniform and maybe I'm reading too much into that but I don't think it's uh you know I outside the realm of possibility he doesn't return and you know how much we love him on this podcast so I don't want to look to the future quite yet. I still want to, you know, this is a great group. Let's not move on from them so quickly. Let's kind of talk about what they've done and realize that, you know, this is still the group. They're still the guys and kind of revel in what they did this year. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right though about, uh, about the no, you know, it, it, it is scary. Uh, and then you see someone like Brendan Gallagher, you know, kind of like, 
breaking down in the press conference that you you said you he really crushed. Yeah, and I mean that's why I make comments like this guy's going to be the you know he's he's going to be a a trophy named after him for this franchise. Um, he just gives it everything, you know. He gives it all. Um, and then yeah, to they come are, out. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, then for it to come out that he played through what we assumed was a hand injury, and I think there may have been, but also a torn groin and, mm-hmm. you know, how many cuts to the face. And yeah, every, every new series was a new, was a new slash in his face. Um, new he's going to look like Terry Sawchuk, you know, when he retires, but, um, you know, hopefully by next episode, that was one thing I had researched to see if there was any more uh, out there, but only from the press conference, you just find out a couple of things like Tyler Toffoli with a groin that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah, um, insight, right? A lot of people with groin injuries. Um, I mean, I'm waiting for Carey Price. I mean, um, you know, after our last talk about you know possible injuries and and you you bring it up like a possible you know mild concussion, and then the following game he takes three three shots to the face like in a row. Um, <laughs> I mean, dude, like you know that shit. It's it's gonna be impactful, you know. It leaves a it's gonna leave a mark, and, and three back to back, um, some dangerous shots, and you know that's just that's just the game. But uh, hopefully more of that comes out. But yeah, you know there are gonna be a couple of guys that aren't gonna be here. And um, I guess one thing before we get into that game, you know, uh, game five, we do we're looking at what seven UFAs. Yeah, seven seven UFAs that that uh. We can't keep everybody, and I'll just list them for you. Uh, yeah, Corey Perry, Yoel Armia, Philly Dano. Is Eric, Armia a UFA? Yeah, UFA. Uh, Philly Dano, Eric Stahl, Thomas Tatar, uh, and then uh, defenseman John Merrill, Eric Gustafson, and then the RFAs, you got Aturi Lekin and, and Jesperi Kakanami. Um, that's that's a bit tough. Uh Yes, Barry's not going anywhere unless it's like a blockbuster trade. Um, well, yeah, it, KK would be an RFA, so I don't like mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, it's fine in that regard. It's the guys like Armia and Dino. Yeah, I think Tatar. I don't know if he wants to resign. You know what I mean? After that, I would be I would be upset if if you don't even give me the shot in the playoffs at any point. Um, you know, well, he played in the first round. Yeah, but then was. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm not gonna argue with you. Uh, it's, it's, there's not real argument, but no, you're right. Um, I just think that he had a lot to give. You know. Definitely, but yeah. I also think Tatar loves being a Montreal Canadian, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. You can't really – it's one thing to say if you benched him and you went out in the second round. You benched him and you went to the Stanley Cup final, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, because then, of course, he thinks he's like, I could. there's a chance I could have made a difference, you know. It's I like, think kind of the inverse, though. I think you're more annoyed if you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's what I meant. Like, you lose and then you're sitting there like – I could have gave something to this team. Like maybe this team needed a spark. Maybe need a little bit more heart. You know, I could have been the glue to try to help with anything. You know, you, you just immediately think of, of everything you could have done to help. And, um, 
it's tough. Like this guy's been a part of what three franchises now. And yeah, I don't think he wants to leave Montreal. I mean, no. you, you spent seven years in Detroit, you go to Vegas miracle run, but then you sat like, you know, he played 20 games there and then comes to Montreal and is given a <laughs> first off, he becomes an impactful player. Fans grow to love him. And then he gets first, first line minutes. You know, what's not the love about a city that's given you a chance, but then you get sit for like the biggest moment in your life, you know? Yeah. Again, but, you know, we can kind of look forward and talk about contracts. I think that'll probably be another big episode for us in the uh, coming weeks. So in the interest of moving it back onto topic and, uh, mm-hmm saving some content for us in the future um <laughs> let's uh pull it back a little bit um you mentioned carrie price and instantly i don't what comes to mind isn't the games how he played in the start it's the comments made post game when he said i feel like i could have played better those first few games and when shea weber immediately interjected and said no the blame's on us we could have played better in front of you in front of you yep. that is why this team made it that far and you know what it might be a um an unpopular opinion uh, not exactly the standard belief but i think this team's gonna be back next year i don't know if we're going to the cup i don't think i think this was a miracle run but People are looking at the Atlantic and counting Montreal out already and saying, oh, it was a fluke, yada, yada, yada. Mm, I disagree. (laughs) I think this team wasn't the team that played, what was it, 20 games in 28 days? Something Mm -hmm. ridiculous. That's not Montreal. That's not this team. This team is the team that was playing transition hockey, shutdown hockey, getting their chances. Look at how many what set the record with 32 straight penalty kills in the playoffs. We killed 51 or 52 out of 56. We were phenomenal. And I don't know. I don't think this team is, is out and in not really focused on cap, but call Carl Alsner's off the books next year. Jake Allen's taking a pay cut. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Drew and there are many opportunities to shed cap space. And I think a large portion of this team could be retained. So I think Montreal, like you said, with Gallagher saying it's going to fuel us this disappointment. I think they're going to be back. And like you said um, previously, I think two, one or two episodes ago about Tampa, they suffered. They got swept in the first round. They lost in the final. They had to pay their dues before they got here. I think Montreal's at the start of that. Yeah, you know, um, it's like reminiscent of of how excited we were going into this season. Just that little spark that they gave us before, we were like, this is the future. We're we're seeing the, you know, the the stepping stones of us climbing, climbing the hill. And like you said, this might not, you know, this next season coming up might not be a Stanley Cup deep run, but this is, we're back to being a a notable team, a team you look, you're like, with, you know, you check the schedule, you see us next, like, that's a big deal, you know, um, we're leaving an impact again, and that's what I'm excited for.
it's just awesome. You know, we, we got, like you said, we, there's a great chance to retain just about the entirety of this group and a large portion of it for sure. Yeah. And Ex- excluding whomever we lose in the expansion draft. Right. And I mean, if we play our cards, right. I, fuck man. We were ready to move Berzer van with Toronto, you know, but I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm happy that we have him going in to make the decision of who goes because I think this man's going to make make a make a great choice. You know, it's going to be a sad choice, but I think he's going to make the right choice that continues with this team. And uh, I want to talk about it soon, but this Atlantic division coming up uh, next season is going to be monstrous. Oh, it's, um, it's good. The two, I don't know. Have you ever, has there ever been a period in post-expansion era where, uh, the two Stanley Cup finalists came out of the same division. I don't believe so. So I don't think so. That's that's daunting if you're one of the other teams, right? And you add on the fact that Boston was in the final a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chir- uh, Toronto, they are what they are. <laughs> uh, Florida looks pretty good too, right? So I mean, and in Ottawa, I mean, that's you don't want to poke the bear, but like that's a solid team coming up, and we got a we got a good glimpse of that that more than half this division did not get a chance to see. So yeah, a full 82 game season could pay dividends for Montreal, but definitely for Ottawa too. They were coming on strong at the end, mm-hmm. but I think a, a big positive you have to look at is excluding even the, you know, the idea of off season additions, which there will be Montreal already has a very, very key addition on their roster right now. Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. wasn't there for the regular season. You think adding, he got 10 points his last 12 playoff games. You think adding that to your roster next season is going to help? I mean, I sure fucking do. I'm excited to just watch his Calder Cup year, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I, don't, just... I don't want to call it now. <laughs> I, I'm just excited. Um, you know, yeah, like I don't want to jinx him, but like this kid, like I'm, I'm, you know, like I got friends calling me that don't give a fuck about hockey that are just watching it because it's so deep into the playoffs. And are just like this is this normal? And I'm like, not fucking really. You know, like this kid's just just unique. He's 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 awesome to really watch. And um, it's the perfect time to have him on this team with the ESPN merger because all these young fans were about to gain, you know, that can get ESPN. They're gonna glue to this kid because he is exceptionally fun to watch. Yeah, and he's ultra talented, ultra smart, and the ultra goal scorer we needed. So I think adding him to this team is only going to help. Not to mention, we could see some other young guys progress. Jesse Yalonen, drafted with Kenyemi, was his line mate at the World Juniors, is a phenomenal player, and he is in the pipeline. Ryan Paling, who was looking amazing before his injury. Mm-hmm. He's on his way up too. So the future looks bright in Montreal. I don't like all this pessimism. I think it's just fans of other teams trying to shit on the Habs because that's what they do. They're jealous of us. They get annoyed. <laughs> I don't know if it's the 24 Stanley Cup. So the fact that we can actually make it past the first round, pause so you can accept that I just threw shade. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it is, but. I, I just tuning it out because it's ridiculous. We should be happy. And we should be proud of our run. And, you know, I think uh, obviously it hurts now when, 
when Montreal lost, it felt like I was stabbed in the heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie because there was a part of me that just believed because I believed in that team. I thought, you know what? We're going to score. We're going to tie this up because mm-hmm. they did it all season. At the end of the day, 20 million over the cap or not, <laughs> that team is unbeatable. They are, they're a very, very good hockey team. And Vasilevsky with his, 20 foot long chest protector um is <laughs> sorry i'm not he making... looks massive dude oh compared that photo was uh was a bit it must wild. Have, it had to have been a bad angle right there's either no that way. or maybe you know there's no I, way I, just, I don't get it dude maybe he's maybe he's like chest heavy <laughs> that or he genuinely like it's he might have a barrel him. like me you know that's the one thing like Complaining, Habs fans complaining about refs need to get over it because it is what it is. You can't change that. That's how it's going to be. That's not Tampa's fault either, right? Like you can't take that away from Tampa. Tampa, they're they're Tampa doesn't need the help of the refs. But the people getting upset at everyone calling out Vasilevsky's equipment need to just sit down and look at the fucking picture. Like Carey Price is not a small human being, and Vasilevsky looks like a fucking sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you like no sh- if that's actually what he looks like in the net, and it wasn't just a bad camera angle. No shit, no one's getting anything past him. Yeah, right. He's literally a fucking human. He's house. like six <laughs> feet wide. Like I could lay down and not cover him. Like it was kind of. I don't know. It kind of took me aback to see. I was like, Jesus. I'm, I'm kind of impressed anyone scored anything on him. Just shows the caliber of the NHL. But um, we've kind of been beating around the bush, talking about Tampa, talking about Vasilevsky. Um, one more positive thing to say about Tampa before we uh, get to the uh, Russian elephant in the room. Uh I just think it was awesome to see Steven Sam Kilsley raise the cup. Who just stuttered a bit there? Sorry. No, you uh, don't. No, uh, no, it's a lot. <sighs> yeah, it's you know contagious. Just um, you're Sorry, you're like, slipping over your words too. Yeah, no, I mean like it sucks. You're you're down, but like I watch it. You know, I watch all of it, and this guy. Well, after you know, not playing last year, right? Like, yeah, and I mean, yeah, you won the cup, but it's got a way on your mind, a right? Bit. Like, did I didn't really earn this? I, I came in for two minutes. Yeah, I scored twice, but like, I didn't really be as impactful as a leader should be, as I want to be. And this is a guy who lost it in the finals against Chicago, and then since has just been very injury prone. Like, you got to think up until. Well, Last that year, leg that leg injury was oh, it was brutal. It was like, brutal. how do you, how do you even come back from that? So you like, for, like, I often he is no, he's I don't, he is a shadow of his former self. He's mm-hmm. still a phenomenal player. He's not Steven Stamkos, and even I think I forget sometimes, even as a divisional rival, how good that guy was when he before his leg injury. He was unstoppable, and that happened like in his prime. His prime got cut short. He, you know, he, I don't think you can hate that guy. He definitely deserves that cup and deserves that win. And that organization as a whole, they're, you know, like I like a lot of those guys, but as the great Eddie Lack tweeted out, 
I used to say I liked the lot of the players on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then I watched that press conference. That, that's a quote from Eddie Lack, former Vancouver Canucks uh, goalie. And if you don't know what you're what we're talking about, quickly pause this and look up Nikita Kucherov's post game interview, and then go find a punching bag because what an ass hat, man! Like there's there's losing with you know being classless and then there's just that that's disgusting in my opinion to not only throw shade at your opponent but someone you didn't even play one of the biggest stand-up guys in the nhl mark andre Fleury. like i don't care if you're two cores lights in or you've chugged like pull it together man like you're a professional and you're a sportsman, act like it. Well, to make it worse is that uh, I think Coors Light is their sponsor, and he comes into presser with the Bud Light. But um, did he really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I noticed that shit because I work for that company, you know. So I mean, I'm like, I'm like, Coors, oh, he's got the wrong, he's got the Coors, wrong company. <laughs> Coors tastes like shit, so I don't blame him. Um. Yeah, it, it was a tough look, uh, but you know what? Um. I might not personally like it, but to take myself out of it for a bit, um, that's entertainment, right? Whether mm. we like it or not, mm. that's boosting, right? And if you don't if you don't like it, if you're deeply upset by it, just be excited that the Montreal Canadiens play Tampa like <clears throat> six times next year, you know? Uh, there's going to be a game where it might be out of our hands and and you know we might get a little a little rough and get a little paybacks towards you know how we feel about the you know the the cup. So well, what I'll say to that is yes, there's entertainment and hockey players need to speak their mind more. But everyone, okay, everyone saying that was a I think I tweeted this actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Everyone saying that this is so good for the game. Yada yada yada. Click on their bios on Twitter. They're all from they're all from Toronto. Yeah, and I don't th- I don't think I it's just think great for the game. I just think that it they're bringing this guy on ridiculously fucked up, high off of off of you know just the the moment that just happened. He's gonna he's that type of person, you know. Like they but knew what, what they I'm, were doing, bringing him. What in. I'm saying is, if Montreal had have lost, if Toronto had have. I don't know, gotten their act together and actually beat us, got past the first round, and then somehow stumbled past Winnipeg and Vegas to get to the position that we were in, okay? And then Tampa did what they did to us, and Kucherov came out and made those comments. The narrative would not be Kucherov growing the game, this is great entertainment. The narrative would be Russian asshole yada 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 poor sportsmanship and that's what bothers me about this whole debacle is the inconsistency in saying okay yeah um maybe this isn't good sportsmanship and it's not and just not just entertainment because they beat montreal right and i agree a lot of people will tune in and that's exciting because they like drama but as an athlete and as an athlete who's been on both ends, I've won championships at tournaments. I lost the biggest tournament of my life in New York City in overtime. And 
if those guys had have acted the way Nikita Kucherov did afterwards, I would have punched one of them in the face because every athlete at any level of any sport has been told you lose with grace and you win with grace. And that was just disgusting to me. Like, I don't, there's a time and a place. And I just, after seeing the way he played prior to that, with the diving and the complaining and the slashing. And then the whole, you know, Kutra has been the story of the NHL this year. It's just made me lose a lot of respect for that individual. Yeah. Uh, I, I can understand where you're coming from. You know, uh, it is childish. That's how I see it. Um, I don't think it's growing the game. I think that people see that. And now, you know, it's being blown up on the internet like it was supposed to do. And now there's people that are like, shit, maybe maybe we should watch this. You get a little bit more next season. You know, you, it, it's drawing a narrative for next season, which is playing into our hands, which I like, you know. So, like, yeah, it was a bullshit comment, but it's only fueling the, the great rivalry that that is, you know, uh, Tampa versus the Montreal Canadiens. I hate the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning because of 2015, you know, and yet Tyler Johnson is my favorite fucking player from that team, you know, and he's still with them. He's still dominating us. But uh, yeah, it's a bit childish. It's, I think uh, the remarks come from somebody who like swindled the fucking system, got paid to sit at home and then proves he was healthy, you know, uh, throughout the playoffs. It's just, I, I wouldn't be, I think you have you have a right to brag, but like being saying that he's a lot. If you're saying that someone has the right to brag, they can go as far as they want to take it. If he wants to put a foot in his mouth, he's going to do that. Maybe that's not us, you know. I'm not saying okay. it's not it's not his right to do that. You have right to say whatever the fuck you want. I just think as a two time champion, it's not your first fucking like. Yeah, it's not no, your first rodeo. There's no excuse for it. And you played the entirety of of the previous seasons. So. Exactly, and. Do it that do it that year, not the fucking year. You're just kind of like an uh, an asterisk to the team, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's true in literally anything. Nobody remembers you for how successful you were, how rich you were, how poor you were. Anything in any aspect of life, whether you're a celebrity, an athlete, a regular person a fucking podcast host. They remember you for what kind of a person you were. Like you don't talk about, no one talks about Jean Beliveau and says, Oh, nine times Stanley cup winner. Um, phenomenal. The first thing, even remembering him, his contemporaries, they talk about how great of a man he was. He was a phenomenal captain, a leader. And I'm just saying Nikita Kucherov is not going to be remembered for this record-breaking performance and all this other stuff, people are going to remember that he went up there fucking shirtless <laughs> and shit-talked. <laughs> he should basically shit-talked Montreal, the Montreal fan base because when Tampa won, it looked like they like they went to overtime in the regular season. Like there was no celebrating. I was baffled. Like their mayor's talking about, oh, we hope we win at home for the big. It looked like some, like, I don't know, like a fucking 
the, does Tampa have an MLS team? It looked like they won. There was no celebrating. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they cleared house. They cleared house pretty quick outside. Um, it was like they were probably packing like their 45 bags. minutes later. And it was a ghost town. Like everybody had work tomorrow. Like I'm taking the fuck off. Like I'll take the ride up. My team just fucking won. It is what it is. You know, if uh, Montreal had a one, there was no chance in hell I would be coming into work the next day. And if I was, I would have been a zombie or a vampire. I could not have looked into the light. It would have been the worst hangover of my life. And I don't know, maybe it comes from a sense of jealousy that he's throwing shots, but that didn't even bother me. It was the look, I mean, he's 20, he's 28. He's a year younger than me. I mean, I'm sure he's a fucking grown ass man, Corey, but, but I get it, but I'm sure he grew up like idolizing, Ovi and and Ovi, yeah, wasn't wasn't like an that. asshole though. Wasn't <laughs> like that, but you know, he wins two back to back. He wants to be this year's Ovi, you know, or or you know, some shit like that. And he just did it his way. It, it's it's I don't know. It's like old people say this is this is how young people act. I don't fucking I don't believe that. But uh, all any blanket statements, stupid though. Yeah, he said I mean, like, what he said, me, and me you know, saying every every fucking golf players is an is an asshole or every like it's that's stupid i'm just saying i can't amount like when your contemporaries like other nhl players are going on twitter saying that they've lost respect for you there's a problem yeah i do we we can move on from it like we're not we we can go about it all yeah no, no, we would go on about it i'm I'm, it just fucking me personally i like that he said it because it makes us hungry Uh, i you know I like it because I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll still draft this dude in my fantasy, but I can't wait for game one of the next season, you know, Montreal versus Tampa. It just excites oh, me for the next season already. I'm the kind of person that I won't draft him <laughs> in fantasy if I fucking hate I'm him. I'm drafting the fuck out that dude. This is the first oh. time I lost in like three years. Like, I, uh, we have waiver wire pickups in our fantasy. Mm-hmm. And for the like you, Vander Kane had a fucking amazing year this year, but and no one noticed he was there. And I was eyeing him up for a week, and I just couldn't fucking get myself because I fucking hate Vander Kane. He's an asshole. <laughs> and finally, I was like, I was falling behind, and I had to like grind my teeth and pick claim because I just oh I I can't I just have such a problem supporting assholes in sports. I hear you. I don't know. I just want to win. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, I mean, fuck, I'm sure. We're... I mean, then Tony D'Angelo is a free agent this year. If you want. OK, I know. I don't want to pick him. I don't even want him. <laughs> I mean, I put him I put him with the guy who was calling his teammates wives pigs and shit. You might as well blacklist. Him. Oh, Let him my go play God. in Sweden. What who is that? Was that? Who was um, that? It was playing in the KHL. The Russians um, took him. Uh, light lightchick or some, some something like that. Um, lightchick. That's not that's not it. it that's it's not it at all. It's, it's like Close it's it's a, a weird name. It's like a L I C E combination. Well, um, I guess it's not important. He's fucking. Well, lightchick. that's what I, that's what I like about it. He fucked his career, and now I don't even know what this dude's name is. Like, yeah. You know, that's what I want Tony D'Angelo to be. This, this, you can't come back from that stupidity. But yeah, I know, I fucking picked him up in my fantasy, and you just you're nuts. You're nuts. I picked him up before all that shit came out. I drafted okay. him. Well, I had I had Fox, so I was like, I'm good. I'm golden. 
Well, the guy had like 49 points last year. Yeah, I know. Jesus, this kid's going to be a stud. Nope. Instead, he's fucking racial slurring his team. (laughs) He's fucking fighting them. Um, I don't want to fight and get his ass kicked, maybe. Yeah, I'm getting bitch slapped. Um, but anyway, dude, we're we're once again taking this bitch off the rails, just like every going episode. back to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think this is a this is a good closing segment. You know, um, if you have anything else to say, I'm just I'm just super proud of this team. I'm uh, super proud of the fans. I'm I'm happy to be a fan of this team, uh, and I felt stupid wearing hats and and shirts and shit for years, you know, just getting some asshole wanting to talk to me in the street and instead of having a good hockey conversation just to ridicule my choice of team that I have tattooed on me. I'm a fucking diehard fan, man, and I'm just so happy that this team gave us hope again. So, you know, I'd love the win, but we got the loss, and I'm still – I still love this team. I'm still excited. So, thank you. For me personally, thanks all the fans. Thank our fans for, for joining us in our in our talks and stuff. And fuck, but, man, is it September yet? <laughs> I'd like to say uh, I have sympathy for you, but <laughs> I wear have stuff in Southern Ontario. So if you're complaining about Louisiana, buddy, come come feel my pain, dude. I'll show up. I'll show up with like the with like the stupid winged uh flags that you put on your your car doors i'll put four of them on my car i'll come through your town through ontario in general you know what i'll bring the living smoke. in southern ontario as a haps fan feels like yeah it's like being an alabama fan in louisiana no it's like which i was when you're when you <laughs> when you're in like high school and instead of like letting you pick your group the teacher like randomizes them and you're stuck with like four morons who like just couldn't fucking read the alphabet that is you you're surrounded by idiots is what i'm saying that that is how i would equate it and that is my life that's my existence so you get to you get to go home and in about a week you know no literally no one in louisiana is going to remember the nh they they might not even know the stanley cup final happened in a week, I am still going to be hearing about how Montreal lo- lost to fucking Tampa. Hang in there, champ. And when I tell them that we beat them, they respond by saying the regular season is more important. Because <laughs> I, I want to end it with that. Have you seen that conversation? Going yeah, on? and it's it's still – there's still comments being made. The, the fight is on. The debate how, is real. How, how stupid can you be? Dude, regular season – just get you to the playoffs that anything can happen. We proved it's that literally it's, twice. It's, pointless. it's it's actually pointless. The regular season means nothing. At the end of the day, you're not playing for the who plays with the president's trophy. And what baffles me is they didn't even fucking win it this year. <laughs> yeah, it was uh Colorado, right? They yeah, they will do anything to try and I don't know, like tear like they don't as, as much as people punch down on nashville for putting up shitty banners i mean that's gonna toronto, be toronto is the equivalent of like yeah you might be not raising a banner but like just as a group you guys are raising ridiculousness 
The only thing they're raising Eyebrows. at the fucking <laughs> Toronto arena is the beer prices and the hot dog. Uh. <laughs> okay, that's the only thing they've been raising for years. Yeah. And it's that, trust me, that thing goes up every year. That's a fucking, that's an annual. They get to raise that. Because the only people that go to Leafs games are fucking gazillionaires and yeah, got people who win radio show contests. It's ridiculous. But I mean, well, I think it's funny because at the end of the day, the blue and white team won. If you're a child and you think about it like that, the blue and white team won. It's just one Toronto. So if that was a Southern hockey team. If that's the length of which Leafs fans have to go to feel any sort of victory or pride, the amount of pity I have for them. <laughs> they have the same color as us. <laughs> that, that's a win. But anyway, uh, we've resorted to talking about bullshit and bullshit, shit on the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be it for but that's, today. That's the, perfect, that's the perfect ending to our season, you know? <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, we still fucking hate the Leafs. <laughs> to conclude, the Leafs fucking suck. We beat them. And uh, all is right in the world because, you know, it was looking at the start of the season that the Leafs might upset the balance and make it past the first round. They proved they still can't. So uh, I'm convinced COVID hasn't ruined the world because if they had, if the Leafs had got past the first round, I, I think the world would have ended. It would have ceased to exist after this crazy year, but... Yeah, that'll be it for today. Uh, we're going to have probably a bigger episode on uh, for the Monday one, and we'll be going back to one episode a week because, frankly, Corey and I need a break. Um, and after having so much to talk about for so long, not having new content and new stuff happening, is our brains are going to melt. We're going to be struggling. So uh, we'll for, have, for once, uh, this offseason is going to be great. Uh, just because there's excitement, but there's going to be a lot coming. of not shit. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff upcoming that we'll discuss. Hope you guys are ready to talk uh, Star Wars for like a week again. <laughs> no, no, no. We got we got the fucking anime segment coming. Oh, man, we're going to lose followers, but hopefully gain them. But no, <laughs> it has been an absolute honor to be your co-host and um, to just be a part of of a, a Habs podcast for this amazing year. So fans, thank, of, thank y'all so much awesome, yeah. from, from a guy in St. Bernard Parish, Louisiana. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure folks. You can find us at on Twitter at Bayou Benders and Habs nightly. Uh, um, we can't wait to see you. We can't wait to talk to you guys again in October uh, about some real hockey. But in the meantime, I hope you guys Continue to listen to us as we uh, trudge through the offseason. Anyway, thank you guys again. It's going to be a sprint. You saying bolt up from this bitch. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you all again soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it. 
is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put oh, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.